Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Have You Ever Played podcast, the only podcast that stands Chris Pratt being Mario. I'm Matt Fondude, a.k.a. Matt. Wait a minute. It's backwards. Whatever. I'm back with James. He is alive. He's here. He's okay. James, tell the audience that you're not an AI and you're alive. Uh, yes, I am totally not an AI and I'm totally alive and not an actual actual engram of the one and only James O4E. I see you drop a, an engram. You're playing a lot of cyberpunk, I can tell. Yes. And, uh, okay, anyway, sorry. We're, we're already off topic. We're, we have to stay on topic. We're the Have You Ever Played podcast. We're basically a podcast where we're like a book club for games. We're talking about games. This week we're talking about Mario 64, uh, a game we both played two weeks ago. Um, and we'll try very hard to remember our opinions. Uh, James, you want to give us a little background on the game? Uh, yes, yeah, Super Mario 64 was released in on June 23rd, 1996. Uh, it was published by Nintendo, and it was released on the N64. And the actual release date for the N64 version was September 29th, 1996. Now, do you have nostalgia for the Nintendo 64 at all? No, not really. Uh, I don't either. So, like, the closest thing I have to nostalgia for the N64 is um at my dentist, they have these, like... They had Nintendo 64 and you could play like like a bunch. It was, it was literally just Mario games mm-hmm. um, and you'd like play them while you were waiting for, for your dentist, of course. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much my only memories of the actual N64. Now, it's funny you say that. I don't know if we went to the same dentist, but I, my my dentist also had a Nintendo 64 that had like the original Smash Brothers on it. Mm-hmm. And that's my was that was my exposure to the N64 as well. Weird that that was a thing. I I feel like I guess yeah, maybe that's... the N64 was like the start of like the Play Palace kind of like we're going to yeah. set up a video game in a store for kids to play on kind of thing, which they don't do anymore, really. Yeah, I, I miss it. I, I miss walking by the, the video game section and seeing a bunch of kids play some some random game on PlayStation while their parents are telling them they have to leave. You know what? It, it might be because it's like, what are you, you going to do? Put like a switch there and have like. You know, there's so many you can't you can't just put a cartridge into a console and have it like play the game. Like you have all this like interfaces and all that stuff. Like it, yeah. it seems like it would be harder to just have a PS5 set up and like <laughs> you know you know what I mean. Like it it is weird. Yeah. Um. It's it's not as a simple time anymore. But I'm I'm sure yeah, viewers at home, please write into us if you actually see those in the wild, at, like game stations. I haven't really seen them except for like stores that's trying to sell games. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, on to the topic at hand. Uh, Mario 64. Uh, my first experiences with this game were actually the uh, was actually the DS remake Same. of Mario 64, which I think it's called like Super Mario 64 DS or something like that. I think that was a launch title for the DS. Yeah, I believe so. I actually have a lot of uh, I I don't know memories playing that that game. Um. Uh, most of them were not happy. Most of them were were trying to to finish the um the wing the wing cap level. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially on the especially on the DS, the the controls were were not fun. Yeah, I don't think I could even figure out that the wing cap existed until like later on when I was like going on like cheatcodes.com or GameFAQs or one yeah. of those websites. Yeah, I saw it on a YouTube video, and I was I think it was one of the. One of the missions in the first like area that you go into, the one with all the all the bomb bombs, mm-hmm. um, it was it was like this guy was saying like, yeah, you know, it's a lot easier if you have the wing cap. I'm like, oh, how do I get the wing cap? And I, I looked it up. I found out, oh, that's a cool little secret. This this should be easy peasy. It it was not easy peasy at all. Yeah, and weirdly enough, to jump at, like we're kind of jumping ahead <laughs> a little bit. Um, there are a lot of secrets in Mario 64 that are like necessary. They're like mandatory secrets, basically. Like yeah. you kind of need, like I feel like maybe you don't need the wing cap, but like it's kind of as kind of obscure. You have to use the camera, go first person, look at the sun. Like it is odd, right? It's a weird thing. Yeah, um, I think the metal cap was also it was a little obscure. It wasn't it wasn't too hard to find, but I oh I think I lost you. All right, we're back. We had a little bit of a technical hiccup because uh, not to reveal how the sausage is made, but we're actually recording the podcast remotely. 
and we had a bit of a uh, 2020 uh, Zoom can you hear me moment. Uh, so, James, you're yeah. talking about Metal Mario. Uh, yeah. So Metal Mario, it was it was actually for a specific mission. It was required to have the metal cap because it's like there's like a an updraft or something in the water, and you had to like you had to be Metal Mario to like resist it and like get the star that was in there. Um, and you're not that stars were necessarily scarce, but I found that like as you like in the second area, as you were getting closer to like that 30 star requirement, it became harder to get them for the most part. So you were mm-hmm. kind of looking for the ones that were you're looking for the freebies, basically, like, you know, collecting all the red coins, um, ones that are literally just like you walk into a, an area and the stars just there, things like that. Yeah. And maybe maybe like I don't want to get too into Mario 64 DS. But that could be its own episode, honestly, because there's that could, that's a completely different game. Like it is not really even a remake. There's a lot different. Mm-hmm. um maybe we could talk about so since we both don't really have nostalgia for the original n64 version of this game um what did you think about your kind of initial impressions like the first thing that comes to mind is just the technical flex that is the floating mario head that you're allowed to grab and like squeeze and do whatever which today yeah. is like well whatever it's a novelty but like for one of the first 3d games that like actually had impact like that must have been crazy just like look at look how good mario looks on that title screen and he still looks good today compared to n64 Mm -hmm. games and how they look yeah i think one of the first things i noticed um well well, very first thing i noticed was uh texas hard to read texas (laughs) archery tech text is hard to read oh i thought you said texas archery no yes i'm a big fan of texas archery i I thought that was a little (laughs) text was a little too pixelated for, for my taste um it was it wasn't unreadable by any mm-hmm. means i'm sure like at the time you know people's people's eyes were more used to that stuff well i think uh you have to account for the crt television because a lot of games were designed in a way where they intended you to play on a crt television which is gonna have all this natural like scan lines you're gonna have all this kind yeah. of like anti-aliasing honest like in terms of how it's gonna look So I know a lot of games, I think Symphony of the Night does this, where I think there's like a portrait in that game of Dracula Mm -hmm. that looks like garbage if you look at it like with no filtering. Um, But when you filter it with like the scan lines, he has like glowing eyes and it it blends all the colors together. So I think that's just kind of a modern um, issue playing on modern technology and modern screens and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. but yeah, besides that, I noticed the the momentum that you gain when you run and like the whole thing where you can like run into walls and like fall over. I thought that was really cool. I think um, not enough games even today do it. Uh, like I, like even off the top of my head, I can think of like so few games that actually like as you run, you get faster. <laughs> like it's, what what a concept. You don't start off at your maximum speed when you're running. Yeah, movement is very fluid in Mario 64. There's a lot of freedom. And I, I think Odyssey later on has a similar level of freedom in how you can play the game. Um, but Mario 64 really just like... And it is kind of interesting that they don't necessarily tell you all the moves you can do. I'm assuming you would learn all the different moves. Like you can do like the backflip if you hold the crouch. You can do the backwards jump if you run forward and press backwards quickly and jump. Um, you could do, of course, the long jump which is, you know, hold the crouch mm-hmm. and long jump. Um, but I believe maybe in the signs in the game, because there's a lot of tutorial signs in this game. Yes. Um, that's one thing I've noticed very early on is I, you'll read a sign that literally says, like, it's like a paragraph of just how to use the camera. Because, like, people yeah. playing this game for the first time probably had no idea. Like, like what, they had no idea that, like, camera, like, how to do 3D camera movement as a player. That's something we kind of take for granted now because everyone's so familiar with games. Just try, imagine trying to teach a player from like a game design perspective, like teach a player how to move in a 3D space and then use like a camera, which is I think yeah. why they use the Lakitu um, as an example. Yeah. Um, so lots of that stuff was in on some of the little um, little text things. Oh, God, I can't remember what we just called them. My my brain's farting. Oh, the um, signs. Yeah, the signs. Yeah, a lot of that stuff was on the signs. I, I did read most of them, mostly because um, so 
so punch and interact are on the same button mm-hmm. and it led to many goofy moments where i'm just punching the person i'm trying to talk to um <laughs> and i was trying to like get myself used to like the distance at which punch changes to interact so i ended up reading like pretty much all of the signs um and yeah i think what was really cool is the game doesn't have like like waypoints really um but it always has there's, there's almost always something you can interact with where it'll tell you what you're supposed to do and these interactions are repeatable which i think was really cool mm-hmm. so, you know lots of the time you'll you'll interact with the character in another game they'll tell you like oh, you know, you're supposed to go here and do this and then you go back to them and they're like why haven't you done it yet and like done what yeah, <laughs> tell forget. me what i need to do again please yeah, Mario 64 is, it honestly is a perfect portable game for when they did re-release it because it is so yeah. bite-sized and you can just do a mission. It takes like a couple minutes depending on the mission and you can really just like sit down for a session. I want to get like three stars tonight or you could chunk it up. Like there's really not a lot of commitment. Yeah. You don't have to like sit and like do stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of flexibility in how you play the game. And what stars you want to get. I'm sure our routes that we've taken are very different in what stars we've already gotten. Even though we've gotten the same yeah. amount to get to the Bowser door. Yeah. Um, I think I really like the way that they set up the stars too. Where it's like even just the mission name gives you a general idea of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one thing that I did run into though is a little, a little funny that got, got me stuck for a really long time was like the... So, so obviously it's a very old game but like the render distance of stuff like i remember mm-hmm. one of these characters telling me like yeah you know you cross this bridge and you cross the second bridge and so i'm running around um and i'm looking for the second bridge i'm like where's the second bridge i see this big gap between like <laughs> me and this area and then and i'm like running around like trying to figure out and then like i walk a little bit closer and the bridge just pops in yeah i mean that's again like limitations yeah um especially the n64 had like a lot of limitations and that's kind of why I think there's a lot of N64 games that are like kind of bad. I mean, most mainline Nintendo games are going to be good. Um, mm-hmm. But like all, a lot of lot, like the N64 is kind of a rough console, especially when you don't have nostalgic nostalgia for it. But I will definitely say that this game 100 percent holds up, even though it is, you know, there's some rough areas. Um, but that, yeah, the render distance being one of the things. Uh, I think the areas for for an N sixty four game as well. The areas are actually very varied, and um, they they have a lot of different art assets and stuff going on. There is some reusage of assets, but I do mm-hmm. think that each land, like each painting that you jump into, feels very different. Yeah, I thought it was really cool that some paintings were like a lot bigger, like the the snow one, and um, obviously the initial one with all the bomb bombs, um, and then you have like ones that are. A little more contained like uh like the underwater one with the ship and the uh the sand one but i never felt like the ones that were that were smaller they, they didn't like feel too small because the areas actually changed as you completed uh different stars mm-hmm. like especially the underwater one with the eel like the eel was always changing locations and you had to do different things to get it to come out um and like there's different ways of collecting the stars once it came out um so yeah, I just thought it was really cool that it always it always felt like the the areas were full, you know, like it never it never felt like they were they were empty be- because of their size at all. Yeah, and one thing I really appreciate is the fact that you could be looking for a star uh, that you know like is on the map, and you could stumble into finding a different star that you didn't have a mm-hmm. hint for, and then it shows up that you got it uh, after you beat the level. So there's like a lot of I, I think this game has a lot of good secrets in it um and a lot of good kind of like obscure things like the wing cap uh the the ghost like getting the boo the secret boo area um there's that one wall once you get past the first bowser door that's just a painting you know the the wall to get to the i think it's the desert yeah um just there's so much stuff like that that really i think makes the game fun to explore and uh really just kind of look around like the game really makes you want to 100 percent it and get all the stars because it, it's pretty mm-hmm. fun to do that except i would say with maybe the exception <clears throat> of the 100 coin stars um on every level being kind of annoying to get just because yeah. it's like not not the most fun thing in the world yeah i um the funny thing about the desert level is i actually stumbled upon it while i was chasing the the bunny that's in mm-hmm. that area 
like you know i was chasing and i tried to jump like jump on it and i accidentally went into the desert level <laughs> and i'm just like sheesh am i really like uh, it, it was it was the bunny a mirage this whole time i i do Man. think that that was probably intentional to get you to like run into it and then be like oh like, yeah. what is this i mean alternatively if you walk close enough to it the wall starts to like shimmer a bit so yeah you do kind of know um that it's there yeah i do think like the discovery aspects of this game are really cool like discovering the the like ghost the like ghost area like the haunted house or whatever it was mm -hmm. that was really interesting i remember the first time i went there there was like nothing there like i couldn't see any of the any of the ghosts or anything but then like the second time they were they were just everywhere i don't know what triggered it i think it might have been unlocking the um i think it might have been beating bowser the first time uh, i believe that's what does it yeah but I, th I thought it was really cool that like you know these areas that i'm coming back to that seemed insignificant earlier are like important or mm -hmm. have things there later so it's now, like the game does a really good job of encouraging like backtracking. I think we have to kind of talk about the horror elements of Mario 64, <laughs> both external and internal, like actually in the game. Um, mm -hmm. I know when I was a kid playing the DS version, that piano, the notorious infamous oh, yeah. piano that comes alive in the uh, Boo's Happy Haunt or whatever, the Boo level. Yeah. did a hundred percent freak me out and i like turned the game off i'm like i'm not playing this game it's too scary <laughs> um and maybe even like the king boo and stuff like that I, I do remember like a bunch of things kind of like creeping me out and this game is kind of creepy it has like an uncanny valley aspect yeah. to it um yeah i also think one thing that i thought was like really funny but also like in a, in a weird way a little creepy is like the the fourth wall breaks with the bosses like they say like oh there's no way that you'll get behind me and grab me and spin me three times and throw me off of the mountain <laughs> and it, yeah and it, 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 i'm just sitting here like how damn do you, do you how far does this go it, do you know it, that mario is merely just a, a vessel for my for my video game related desires well Every copy of Mario 64 is personalized. I mean, that is a fact. Um, it, that, it is actually funny that... So Creepypastas and the, every copy of Mario is personalized kind of spun off uh, and then create... Almost, I think it created the iceberg category on YouTube, which is the... Um, you have an iceberg chart meme where you start at the top level surface information... Like, Mario is red, and Mario likes to fight Koopas or whatever. And then it gets to, like, really deep cut stuff like the L is real um, star and all, all these, like, theories and stuff like that. And I'm, like, mm -hmm. fascinated by these Iceberg videos because um, it's just good content. Yeah. And um, but Mario 64 has all these different, like, creepy things. And, I mean, it's just good fun. But, uh, yeah, there is this weird, like, and I think Wet Dry World, which we haven't gotten to yet, um also is kind of creepy because there's there's this there is a creepiness to some of the empty spaces in the game and mm -hmm. uh it feels pretty empty i don't know i don't know how to describe it there's an yeah. unsettlingness to it yeah yeah i definitely i definitely agree that like <clears throat> like especially like like the hallway to the um to like the second area after you beat bowser the first time i thought like there was just a lot of like there's a lot of space there it was, it was, like, it contributed a lot to the atmosphere, I think. It was really cool. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh that, um, that that Bowser hallway, that first Bowser hallway, I definitely fell for the, the trap the first time I played. Yeah. And uh, yeah. that also probably scared the hell out of me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for um, people who don't know, I guess you fall down a hole trying to get to a peach portrait. Because the game's like, oh, you you beat the game already. It's like, no, it's not that easy. Yeah, yeah Um, I think... You know, on the topic of Bowser, I did personally find the the boss fights with Bowser to be a little underwhelming, simply because, um, well, first of all, you can just get close to him and, like, run a circle around him. Like, in the second fight, he tries to turn a little faster, but it's it's not fast enough. Um, you can also just walk away from him and bait him into doing his charge mm -hmm. in the second fight. Um, the second one was definitely a lot better, though. Like, he tilted the arena, he could, like, breathe fire um what i found really weird is he teleports yeah I, like, I noticed like, that too I, I was so surprised by that because like oh my god in the mario universe bowser can canonically teleport that's exactly what i was like he just instant transmission teleports <laughs> yeah, behind yeah, i'm you. like geez well, I, when, when did this happen like i don't remember this at all 
And I was thinking, this is one of those, like, every copy is personalized mm-hmm. moments. I was like, did he do this always? I ne- I don't remember this happening. And it's yeah. just like, Bowser starts teleporting behind you. And I'm, I'm saying, you're like, is, is this just the power of the stars? Is this something natural for his species? Is he is he unique within his species? Is he the only one who can do it? Like, All right, head what, cannon, what is happening? Uh, Kamek probably gave him some magic power to teleport or something. Oh, man. Um, man, that's I- crazy. I would say that the levels themselves are really fun. The Bowser levels, and that's the challenge and the fun. When you actually do the fight, it's a chore. Like, I really don't like the Bowser yeah. fight. I don't think anyone does, especially speedrunners, because it's kind of it's kind of wonky. And also, yeah. if you are speedrunning this game, uh, there's probably been so many runs lost to those Bowser segments because you just choke. Because, like, it is a lot of pressure to try to hit those bombs. It's really easy to do but you'll miss a couple times and it's just like i don't i don't know they're not that fun yeah i did find it was a little unintuitive the way that so like as you're spinning obviously you get faster um and as you get faster you throw them farther uh, and there are times when you you actually have to throw them far to get to one of the bombs but you're spinning so fast that it's hard to like time it correctly and there's also a slight delay from when like you press the button and when he actually like throws him Mm-hmm. so it felt really weird if i didn't get bowser like right next to one of the bombs to actually try to throw him into it yeah i it's just like i mean i think it's intentional to be difficult so you don't just kill the boss in one second like if you just throw yeah. if you get one good throw the boss's fight is over i think they try to make it a little like annoying um but it's yeah. just not a, it's I... not the best fight in the world but it doesn't. I don't yeah. think it ruins like the game because the levels are still fun and the rest of the game is still fun. The boss fights are just kind of weak. Yeah, it, it felt especially wonky to me because um, so so obviously it's a boss fight with varying like duration, um, but it doesn't particularly change that much over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he doesn't get a new move set or something like you know. Not, I'm not looking for Dark Souls in Mario, of course, <laughs> but um, I, I guess the thing is like for for some people that are having like a lot of trouble with it it can feel a little a little monotonous because it's just like you know you're you got so close this one time and now he's just doing the exact same thing he's doing before and it's like it's, it's just like a it's almost like a cycle where it, it becomes less like it, it's less about the challenge of the boss fight and more about like well did i did i just hit it this time because it's not really getting harder or anything yeah and i do appreciate the fact that if you die during that boss fight i think you do respawn at the fight rather than having to do the whole level again yes you do yeah i think that is a nice that's a nice quality of life addition to the game mm-hmm. that uh it would be very frustrating if you had to replay the whole yeah. level like especially on a boss like that where the boss isn't that interesting um, yeah I, I did i did end up dying there and i got like it was after i had, I had missed the the bomb a bunch of times and i got a little frustrated and like wait, wait wait do i have to go all the way back to the start now mm-hmm. yeah but it, it was nice that they put that there um yeah and yeah, there was lots of lava in that level. And I guess on, on the topic of lava, um, oh man, I I had an experience with the with the lava level. Um, so so while when I was first playing this this um this game, I did have COVID, and my brain was a little a little foggy. Um, and so the emulator we're using it had it has like a section where you can do like your controller settings, and I was using a PS4 controller. Um, and so I had done one setting i like one of the settings was on default and i guess it was slightly incorrect to the point where my right analog stick didn't work in the game so i couldn't actually change the camera um and so there were multiple parts in the lava level where i'd be like trying to narrowly avoid like lava or fire but i couldn't actually see my character um and then i would end up like messing up the jump or something i just fall into a lava pit with nothing nearby um and that is kind of an issue that's that I think even still plagues 3D platformers is like um, just doing just the camera can be a little wonky. And also like doing jumps in 3D is actually very different from 2D, like especially um, edge jumps where you're jumping like from the edge of one platform to the edge of another. Um, it, it is very weird because when you're moving on a three dimensional plane, right, you can make like very slight mistakes that will mess it up. Um, Obviously, camera makes it a little weird to do it sometimes, too. And it's just generally a lot more difficult to work with a 3D platformer than a 2D one, um, especially when you can't, like, guarantee... Uh, you can't guarantee that the player can see something or that they're looking at it. So it can lead to a lot of a lot more frustration that... Um, I, I do think 
it, it can be worth the, I guess, the risk. Because 3D platformers do bring a lot that you can't do in 2D. Like, obviously, like, the some of the boss fights and some of the sections just wouldn't work in a 2D Mario game, which is why I imagine they made it 3D. Um, but yeah, it's just a lot of considerations you have to take with 3D platformers. Yeah, and, and it is something where you, I think I can give this game a lot of credit as one of the first games to really do 3D well. Um, mm-hmm. Things like the camera, which we should definitely talk about, uh, they function as they should, uh, but I would prefer a modern camera solution, I think. Uh, in this yeah. game, you have a very interesting camera system where uh, in-universe, in, in the game, you have a Lakitu following you with a fishing rod on a camera, or ca- camera on a fishing rod. So mm-hmm. in theory, as a player, you're supposed to think, okay, there's a Lakitu behind me, and I can control the position of where the person is using the C-stick, and there's like some fixed angles that the uh, the Lakitu will go to. So you mm-hmm. can't you almost have like like a Resident Evil kind of like fixed camera, but you can kind of control it a little bit. And it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, but there are some moments in the game that are just like really difficult. Like the platforming becomes difficult because you're fighting the camera. Uh, and I don't think any other game really has used this camera system. And yeah. I, I think later on in other like platforming game they kind of figured out different cameras um but like i mean you can sit here all day and just discuss how cameras in 3d games work like there's so many different nuances in how like you want to set up your camera like even like the viewing angle and how it moves and all that stuff um i i do think it's a f- unfortunate that you didn't have cameras at all bound to any controls um but even when it is bound, it is kind of your, you are fighting the camera sometimes. But I think yeah. for the most part, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's functional. Yeah, I think um, one of the big things that I noticed that a lot of modern games do that this game didn't is um, the the camera, do, when you're against a, like a wall, for example, um, the camera has to be like a certain distance away from the player, basically. Like it doesn't really adjust itself. Like you can switch between between the farther out camera and, and Mario himself. But I found that the Mario one was a little bit too close, so it was kind of weird to use. <clears throat> but in lots of in lots of uh, third-person games nowadays, when you're ag- against a wall, the distance of the camera will actually adjust so that you can you can look behind yourself, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, but this game didn't have that, so in some platforming sections where I was like very close to a wall, I couldn't quite turn the camera. Um, and what's what's a little awkward in 3D platforms is when you have to move diagonally and still do platforming. Um, so I was trying, I tried really hard to avoid that, but there were some cases where I just couldn't. So it, it did get a little awkward at times dealing with uh, with the camera in some in some areas. Yeah, I think there's a lot of missed jumps and a lot of like, it, it yeah. does feel almost as if uh, if you make a mistake in this game. So I've played a lot of games. It does almost feel like a blame the controller kind of moment, which is never a good, uh, yeah. or John's, I guess. It's, it's never a good uh, feeling to be like, I would, oh man, I, I, the, the camera, whatever. Um, but I think for the most part, and even if you make a mistake in this game, it's every level is so quick that it's like, oh, I made like a 20 second mistake. I guess I'll just, it's mm-hmm. fine. Like, it's not like I'm going to fall off the top of a giant tower and have to climb all the way back up. Like, it really is not a big deal. Um, yeah. So I think um, overall that's fine. Yeah, something really funny I actually did end up noticing during my my frustration in the lava area. Well, it was actually two things, first of all. Um, when they... There was, like, this sign that said... It was talking about, like, the the bullies, the things that try to push you into the lava. Mm-hmm. Uh, it said, you know, don't let the bullies just push you, push back. And I, I didn't understand what they meant at the time. Um... And I eventually determined, like, oh, I'm supposed to jump kick them, mm-hmm. and and I'm like, well, this is this is weird. It's not really hitting all the time. Like, you know, I was kind of successful. I completed a couple of missions. Um, when I got to the one where you had to like beat three of them at the same time, I was like, I'll, I'll never do this. And then I found out, oh, I just have to jump. Mm-hmm. I just jump into them and it just pushes them. Um, so that was that was a little weird. It was a little. It was one of the few times where I think the tutorial wasn't quite sufficient for the area. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then also in the same area, the Red Hot Log Rolling Mission. Oh uh, yeah, I did not. I do found that out. One, I found out I if you just jump it. into the lava, if you just jump into the lava, like if you have full health and you hit the lava twice, you actually just get to the end. Oh. <laughs> but like instead of having to deal with like the the whole log thing, like you can just literally just jump into the lava, you know, take like four ticks of damage or something, and you're just fine. You just get the star. There you go. So like, you just don't have to interact tech. with the mission at all. Um. But yeah, the the lava area was was wonky at times. I think um, it was a really cool area. I think it had like a like it had the whole part where you go inside of the volcano, which I thought was really nice. Um, it had those like moving elevator things. Um, but yeah, I do. Th- I do think the tutorials in that area were slightly lacking, which was very, very uncharacteristic for the game. Yeah, I. I mean, I have knowledge of like the speed run and of watching people play the game. It's one of those things where, like you're saying, you jump kick the bullies. Uh, I know that a lot of people what they'll do is you jump and then you ground pound them, which is one way of doing it. It's really easy because they'll run mm-hmm. to the edge. You can just ground pound them um there's a lot of weird little things like that in this game like you can jump and ground pound when a through like a thwomp or not a thwomp whatever the giant like walking wall guy is i forget his name yeah uh the one who goes you know like every actually every enemy in this game just does that sound effect basically yeah pretty much it's reused very frequently yeah you can you can solve uh you can solve the levels in a very open way which is cool and uh yeah, which keeps it. I think it's like infinitely replayable in that regard. Yeah, I think it's really cool that the game has very simple uh, systems. You know, like you, you actually don't have that many controls in the game. Um, mm-hmm. But like the way that you can combine them, like as we were talking about earlier, with like the the backflip, the long jump, and stuff like that, um, and the fact that the game actually encourages you to do so. Like there's some. I remember there was one area where it was like, if you know how to do the long jump, go left. If you don't, go right, um, or something like that. Now, now I actually think about it, that was where you got the metal cap is by going left. Um, yeah, to like get on this this like sea dragon thing and like ground pound their back and then get on their head and then they they would move in the direction that Mario was facing, but not the one that you were looking with the camera. Yeah, it's it, weird stuff. It was a little it was a little weird. And their head was really small, so like you couldn't move too much. So you have to be really careful when you tried to turn around Mario. We're also playing games from the era of Nintendo Power Secrets, where it's like, yeah, wait, you didn't you didn't read issue fifty two? Actually, the fir- I think the first issue of Nintendo Power was Mario sixty four as the cover. Yeah. Um, but you're it's like, did you read the issue where it's like, oh, here's here's in the column, like here's the secret. You just read Nintendo Power. Yeah, I um. So so me personally, when I'm playing like single player games, especially, I don't. I don't like having to like look stuff up, like going to a walkthrough or something, because I don't know like where to go or something. But I actually found I did that a couple times with this game, and I I had actually I I, I very vague like had very vague memories about like the Nintendo Power issues. I think I have one like somewhere buried under a bunch of stuff in my room. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that kind of reminded me like oh wait it's actually like like you're supposed to not know how to do this stuff like intuitively. Yeah, and some of it's like that. Some of it is literally like you have to read the manual that comes with yeah. the game to like know all the moves and stuff like that. And that is yeah. something that we've come very far away from. Although you do have the alternative of just looking up anything online. It's not as fun, but it's, you know, you'll get through the game. Yeah, I do think um, something actually kind of funny that I noticed near the beginning of the game was... um. You know, everybody knows, like in Mario, you jump on the on the on the Goombas, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or if you're Chris Pratt, you jump on the Koopas. But <laughs> story for another time. Um, but I I actually thought it was really funny when they first teach you about like punching. They put a Goomba in front of you and they say like, "Yeah, punch the Goomba." And I'm like, "This feels wrong." <laughs> it is weird seeing the Goombas in 3D space and like you. Yeah. S- there's like one Koopa. There's like a couple, but like yeah, they're really not you like. There's not a lot of enemies in in uh, this game. I think the enemy is the camera and platforming. Like, <laughs> they're really, if you think about it, it's a lot of platforming challenges. And there's like, the Goombas have, they have no threat at all. Like, what are they going to do? Like, waddle into you? It's not Take an away issue. One, one block of health that you get back by killing them anyway. Oh, yeah. that That's something that was probably kind of groundbreaking. Not having, like, the traditional Mario becomes small, becomes big mushroom system and having, like, a yeah. health bar where you heal by getting coins, which is yeah, that was very a odd. Weird. 
Oh, because like I I remember like there were so many cases where I, where like there are coins that you but by going through the level you can't avoid collecting them. Like wait no I wanted to save those for health, but like mm. by walking across this platform I I just naturally collects the coins. See I um, like that uh feature. I think it was probably a feature that came out of necessity, uh mm-hmm. based on just like well one this you take a lot of damage all the time. And they were like, okay, well, we can't just have health power-ups everywhere. I mean, there is a heart yeah. that floats that you can infinitely heal from. Yeah, and it's like the faster you ran through it, the more health you would get, I believe. Something like that. Something like that, yeah. Um, but I think I think there is actually a reason why they used the coins, because it's like, oh, we already mm-hmm. have coins. I mean, there also could have been limitations, and like, we can have coins or we can have whatever. So it's like, just combine them, whatever. Uh, whatever. Yeah. I like the system. Um and also it is also kind of funny that oxygen is tied to your health as well. Yeah. So to get fully I, healed, swim. Yeah, because I remember like I'd be underwater and it was like the section with the eel, and the eel hit me like twice or something. Like, wow, I have like no health. And then I just went back to the surface and like, wow, you know, I guess breathing air heals all wounds. Well, the best is inhaling oxygen coins underwater, which in, you can breathe underwater forever as long as you pick up money. Yeah, yeah. There's some there's some oh, weird man. stuff, but I mean, it, whatever. It's it's Mario. Um, it, it is yeah. weird to think about. It became normalized. I can't imagine playing the game for the first time and just being like it being very confusing. That why is coins healing me? There's a lot of weirdness. Yeah, I feel like it, it goes a little against like your your Mario instinct. Uh, mm. That's what I'll call it. Like where it's like. You know, as I said at the beginning, you know, you jump on the Goombas. That's how you ki- that's how you kill them. You you collect the coins because they're money. But like now we can we can punch Goombas and we can collect coins because they're health. Yeah, it's just just odd, odd yeah. little thing. And the stars are now they're not invincibility. They're like your big objectives or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff like that that's like we take for granted now that like we know about it. But uh, mm-hmm. when it came out, I'm, I I can't imagine teaching players how to do like. Moving in a 3D space, here's what coins are, here's what stars are, here's the level select. We're going to have, like, a uh, open-world-style kind of level select thing. Yeah. I, I do think it was really impressive, all the things that they managed to to successfully teach players with such a... On, honestly, such, like, a groundbreaking game, as far as, like, the platformer genre. Yeah, I uh, I think maybe one more thing we could talk about uh for this segment will probably be the music and how really good it is and also sound effects i yeah. guess i think this game has probably my favorite mario sounds of all time uh mm-hmm. be- besides chris pratt mario um <laughs> i would say that my man charles really just crushing mm-hmm. it with the yahoos and the oofs all the different getting yeah. hit sounds um no i like they're so iconic and I feel like, and they're used in like Smash and all those different things too. Um, yeah. They are definitely my favorite Mario sound. And now Mario doesn't talk anymore, really, in in new games. It's kind of sad. Yeah, yeah I think um, the first time I heard Mario say Bowser, I, I laughed because it's like I, I just didn't expect it. <laughs> yeah, Mario was pretty talkative this game. Yeah. Uh, if you if you stand still long enough, he goes to sleep and starts yeah. uh, snoring and talking about yeah, spaghetti. Like he, says, like, he says like I'm feeling tired or something like oh, that. Says, he says I'm a tired. Yeah. He starts he goes ooh and then he snores and then if you wait long enough, he starts snoring and he goes a spaghetti, a ziti <laughs> or whatever. And I'm like, wow, they really uh. They it's really funny that the Italian experience. It is kind of funny that we're like ha 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 Mario's Italian. But it is a little like, okay, well, this is a little on like, uh, if he was anything besides Italian, it would be like, okay, guys, like, this is this is weird. I don't know why it's okay, because like, it's like, oh, funny meatball Mario, ha ha ha. But it's like, okay, well, this is like kind of a little stereotype a little bit. But, mm. uh, well, we'll just that's maybe that's why he doesn't talk anymore. <laughs> maybe, yeah, may- maybe. Yeah. Yeah. The whole Mario has always been a weird character. Um, yeah, he's a very bizarre dude. I always loved Mario in like the cartoons or other depictions of Mario, where he's just like, "Oh, I'm Mario," and he's like, just like this, like, <laughs> like guy from New York, Mario. Yeah, um, it's the Super Mario Super Show. Yeah, I'm a super- plumber from New York. 
I love I love those Mario and Luigi's. Um, but the game Mario and Luigi's they have no like personality except maybe in yeah. like the Mario and Luigi RPG games and Paper Mario and stuff. But like in mainline games, like Mario, when's the last time Mario had a personality in a mainline Mario game? Which, I mean, yeah, like Luigi has more personality than him nowadays, and he was literally only created because they needed to distinguish between player one and player two. Yeah, I I think maybe like um maybe like Mario Sunshine was like the last game. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, maybe Mario Sunshine was the last game he actually kind of did something a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone was weird in Sunshine, though. There was people. There, yeah. they had, that game had voice acting. I just remember spraying people with water in that game. That yeah, was fun. that game was good. Um, it is jarring that there was full voice acting for uh, <laughs> like all the characters. Basically, it's really weird. Yeah, weird choice. Um, yeah, I think yeah. Uh, we covered Mario sixty four part one. This we uh, I don't actually we never actually explained what part one was. Um, yeah. Yeah, so well, uh, if you've listened this long, here's how we determined part one. Uh, we determined part one. We did both the first two Bowser fights, which we did the first two Bowser doors, and now we'll do the next two Bowser doors for uh, the next podcast if you're playing along at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably pertinent information we should have mentioned. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were so caught up in the Chris Pratt Mario joke that that just like was just i mean the joke is just saying chris pratt mario i guess we could talk about the mario trailer did you watch it yeah i watched it um i thought it was amazing you know i thought bowser was really good but like like jack black just knocked it out of the park um i don't know i don't know if you're being sarcastic or if you're being real (laughs) because you're laughing i'll i'll it's because i'm thinking about chris pratt <laughs> yeah god i was like you know it's all so great you know i i, I even liked toad i thought like some people toad was some people were on the fence about toad i thought it was i thought he was fine yeah um, I, but god the the first time mario opened his mouth i remember my reaction i started laughing i laughed for, i paused laughed for like a, a solid two minutes and i said it's literally just chris pratt yeah, well, he's doing a Brooklyn thing. Yeah, it was a slight, a slight, slight Brooklyn accent, but uh, like I, I expected, like something crazy. Like, so you know, when I first heard, when I first heard about Chris Pratt being Mario, I'm like, you know, okay, I'll, I'll I'm, I'm, I'm open minded about it. Maybe his audition was just crazy good. And then I'm like, wait, wait, this guy just wanted to cast Chris Pratt as Mario. <laughs> this is a big, big Chris Pratt fan. Uh, it's just big names, I think. I mean, it, this yeah. is like an Illuminations uh, movie. They're like the Minions people in Hotel Transylvania. Yeah. And I mean, their animation style always looks really nice. Um, their mm-hmm. movies are hit or miss. Uh, I think that the... Um, I, I think it looks really good, the movie. Yeah, it visually. Uh, I think Jack Black Bowser did a pretty good job. It does sound like Jack Black sometimes. And it's like, yeah. is it Jack Black? That's kind of weird. Um, I I do think everyone, it feels like everyone but Mario sounds good. And I wanted, yeah. I was going into this with the expectation of being like, all right, yeah, like I'll, I'll give Chris Pratt a chance. Even if it was just Chris Pratt talking, I would be like, yeah, whatever. But it does, it just like didn't sound that good. But it was only like one well, second. Maybe if the whole movie you'll get used to it or whatever. It really was kind of weird. I think what made it more weird to me was that he didn't talk very much in the trailer. Like, I feel like if we got more of him, it would have been like a little, a little better. But it was like the, the timing and the amount that he talked is like, you literally just got like the initial reaction and then it's like over. Yeah. I mean, that's probably very calculated. I don't know if it was because they know it's not very good or if they wanted to give people just a snippet of it and then maybe they'll change it. I don't. I don't know if they'll want to like. I don't know if they can re-record all the lines. Yeah, they they definitely can at this point. Um. um also, yeah. this movie is for literal baby children, so we should yeah, probably, probably chill a little bit. Um, about <laughs> like caring about it, but I, I think yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't see the Sonic movie or the other one. Um, I I might check out the Mario movie. I, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. That could be fun to go see. Or I, yeah, I don't know I, if I would go see it in the theaters, but yeah, 
at some there point. were some really funny jokes surrounding it like somebody said um you know i think i think jack black could do any chris pratt role but chris pratt can't do any jack black role because <laughs> they're like saying they should have just made jack black mario yeah honestly um, that's just kind of a vibe i love jack yeah. black in most like things um and yeah, i guess I'm animated stuff fan. yeah like kung fu panda is fantastic yeah and yeah, um, kung fu panda's great some other things he's he's voiced other characters and stuff but uh yeah no he does a good job and i I don't have like i I watched a video where someone was like oh jack black sounds bad too it's like i really don't think he sounds that bad i I thought he sounded good yeah i thought he sounded fine um this is kind of a segment right now um that we're doing where i kind of want to do this more with some more topics uh especially when there's like game like nintendo directs and uh like E3. I think that'll be something we might do side quest episodes of just watching E3 and then reacting to it, I guess. That could be fun. Or we can mm-hmm. do like a live stream. Um, but yeah, let's I guess let's take it over to some viewer mail. Uh if you want to send us an email about anything, you can send us something at hyeppodcast at gmail.com. That is H Y E P podcast at gmail.com. We have no messages this week. So I am making them up. Uh, actually, here's some. Let's see. Is there any, is there any old messages we didn't uh, answer? Let's see. Uh, These are obscure games. I, I What I do every week now is I look up like funny podcast questions just to find like some of the worst questions of all time oh, and man. then ask those unironically. Uh, let's see. Like, how about like, what is your ultimate goal? Just in general. Just what's your ultimate goal? I don't know, oh, soccer, man. like maybe to do a cool kick into a goal. Maybe it's your life goal. Just what what are you what are you yeah, trying like to do, James? Goal, like, what are you trying to do in general? Yeah, it makes, makes you sound like an anime character or something. Like, I want to be Hokage. <laughs> yeah, you want to become the next Hokage. Did you? Yeah. Okay, so are you a big Naruto fan? Uh, I've, I've watched it before. I think it's good. Have you seen all not of like it? A, yeah, I've seen all of it. Okay, like, not like should... a not like. A fanatic yeah but you've an, seen a naruto it all fanatic, but yeah yeah i've seen it all um i i could have been a naruto fan i had the opportunity i felt i'm a one piece if my shonen of choice is a one piece um I, when i was young there was the cartoon network block not toonami uh and i it was i literally actually found out what it was called the other day and I immediately forget again because it's the most forgettable name ever. I'll wait. Actually, let me pull it up, James. Uh, talk about your Naruto experiences while I pull this up real quick because I have a sa- I have oh, it man. saved. Um. Uh. Yeah, I remember I watched it on Toonami. Then there was like the at the end of like the original Naruto, it was all that filler, and like it was weird because I thought it was canon for a while, but it wasn't. And then Naruto got and then like Toonami like ended, and then they had Naruto Shippuden on on Disney XD. I'm like, damn, what what does Disney XD want with Naruto? And like and now and now Bleach is on Disney Plus, and I'm just thinking, like, wow, these are like Wow, it's Disney. Yeah, Disney Man. owns everything. I couldn't yeah. find it, and I also don't care that much because it's dumb. But there's a Cartoon Network block that was like Toonami, but for younger kids in the middle of the day. And mm-hmm. they showed anime or whatever, and they showed the four kids dub of One Piece, which I was like, Yeah, One Piece, this is great. I love Z- oh, Zolo. Man. And, the four kids dub. Oh my god, I cannot believe. I, I, I mean, everyone knows the One Piece intro from the four kids dub where it's like, dreaming, yeah. don't give it. I mean, that's like fire. That's that's great. <laughs> the actual show, I cannot believe. Uh, do you know a little bit about One Piece? Like, have you heard the yeah. the Funimation dub at all? And, and also the sub? Yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. I've watched like 200 episodes of it, I think. Okay. I still need to finish, but so, it's going to so, take a while. Oda still needs to finish as well. But, yeah. um, so um, Sanji, right? <laughs> he sounds... So Sanji in the Funimation, he's like, I'm a suave guy, whatever, Sanji. And same thing in the sub. In the four kids, Sanji is like, hey guys, it's me, Sanji. <laughs> he's like this weird old man joke character. Yeah. And it's really strange. I don't understand... Andy loves lollipops. Uh, okay, that is a cool change. I think it is cooler. I, it makes sense as a chef. He's smoking or whatever. 
Uh, I think it is cooler as a character trait if he was just a dude who looks like he's smoking but has just a lollipop. <laughs> I think that would be way that's way cooler. And if they don't mention it, I, I like that. I think that has always been cooler than him just being like, oh, I'm just smoking. I, I think him looking like he's smoking, but then it was a reveal that it's like a lollipop. I think that's kind of a quirky, cool trait. And also, that, like, that, that would fit within One Piece, too. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Dude, One Piece, like, I... So, I could have been a Naruto fan because they showed on Toonami episode one and two. And I had never... That was my first exposure into anime, basically. And mm-hmm. I was like, what is this magic? Like, what is this crazy show? And, of course, episodes one and two of Naruto also, I think he uses, like, sexy jitsu in, like, both episodes. And I'm like, yeah. I'm a child. How is this allowed on television? What is this? <laughs> like, and there's violent, and it was, like, action. And I'm like, this is crazy. Um, And I was like, I want to watch Naruto now. I'm a Naruto fan. And then it's like programming blocks like how when does this air and then i watch yeah. like i'm like looking at one night it comes on and it's like episode like probably like 400 or something and i'm like or it's probably like episode like 30 and i'm like what i'm lost like i'm so lost all i remember is naruto starts he's like i'm eating ramen ha 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 and then the next episode i watched like they're in like a snow dome or something and he's like turning into like a nine-tail fox person and there's like a big fight uh. happening and there's blood everywhere and i'm like what happened between episodes one and two? It's like I will never keep up with this because it's like what 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 episode he's eating ramen? The next is it's murder. Yeah, and it's also like that. Also, that show did kind of scare me a bit because it was like there was violence happening, people were dying and stuff. I'm like, oh my god! Like, oh man, I remember crazy. when he like when he first like turned into his nine tails from there was some like they did some like black and white like almost hyper realistic like like frame. <laughs> It was really, like, it, it was cool, but it, it just, like, caught me off guard. Just traumatizing me as a child. Yeah. Um, No, anime, uh, like, anime of that time, and you have to remember, people who are Zoomers at home, there was no, like, on-demand streaming services, like, at all. Yeah. So you watch what was on cable, you miss an episode of your shonen anime, good luck. Good luck, yeah, especially... you'll never see it again, because they're never going to play reruns of it. Especially with Toonami, where it's like it's a block like on an on a channel that's like it's a whole channel outside of that. So like those reruns did not happen. Yeah, you remember never like see it. They, they only did the reruns for like Dragon Ball Z because like they that series was so popular that it was like I think it was like on Mondays they let them air Dragon Ball Z episodes like starting at seven or something. You see, I wasn't. Um, I would have probably been way more into anime if streaming if it was easy to stream at the time. Yeah, because when I was a kid, I was fascinated by it. I couldn't watch it ever. Uh, and I would watch Boba Bobo Boba Bo, which was great. Oh, uh, yeah, that was, um, a, that was a great one. There's a show called like Mar or something like that. That was yeah, yeah. there was a bunch of shows that were really good. Um, but I didn't really watch them as much because it was hard to watch them in a in a row. Um, mm-hmm. Nowadays, you can just watch whatever the hell you want. And uh that's what that's what happens when you watch like 800 episodes of one piece you know just yeah still out here doing his thing uh i did start reading manga which i think is honestly mm. probably i think it's better than watching anime a lot of the times yeah, cuz it's, it's quicker and nice you can keep yeah, up with it yeah it's a lot it. quicker um but yeah that's i guess that's a that's a good like side topic i guess that was off of what's your goal so you know what maybe these questions are great James, mm-hmm. James, what's, what is your hidden talent? Do you um, have a hidden, hidden talent? talent? Yeah. Sheesh. Um, <laughs> These questions are so loaded. Man, I gotta think about this. Um... Alright, while you think, uh, my, like, schoolyard trick hidden talent that I don't think I can even do anymore is I'm, like, double-jointed in both my, like, arms, so I can, like, turn my, like, hand backwards or something if I'm doing it on a table. It would always make people go like, ew, and like freak them out. Um, mm. And that was like, I was really flexible as a kid. I could like put my like leg like over my head and stuff. Like I was really flexible. And then one year we do like the fitness test or whatever. Uh, and I would always get like really good. Like I was terrible at everything fitness. And then mm. it would be like the st- sit and reach like stretch challenge. And I would yeah. always do really good. And then one year it was just like, nope, that you're no longer flexible. 
That's your one claim to flame. Your one claim to fame is over. That's it. You're done. Man. Pack it um, up. Yeah, I think I don't know if I can do it anymore, but I used to be able to beatbox. But like okay. I did it weird. Like I can make like a can make like this weird noise with my throat. So I didn't have to like do the thing where I like put my hands over my mouth or anything. Oh, okay. You could boots and cats with your in your throat. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, and we're interesting. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to hear the beatboxing eventually. We'll, we'll Maybe practice one it. Day, if I can if I can still do it. Uh wow, what a good question. Wait, wait. Question number one hundred and four. Just tell us a little bit a bit about what you do. About Just what, what a good I question do. that is. Oh man, well I guess I can talk about myself. Um <clears throat> so I'm a game designer. Mm -hmm. I recently graduated from college, looking for a job right now. But um Basically, what game designers do is they are people in charge of your experience with the game. They make it so that you know what you have to do. They make sure what you're doing is fun. Um, they make sure what you're doing is I mean, just generally possible. You know, they set up like all different systems and mechanics in your games, and they work with other departments to make them as polished as possible. I, I like how you actually gave a genuine answer to like the dumb question. I do appreciate it. It does. Yeah. It did actually give us a little insight into the world of um, James. Something that we should probably. I mean, I guess over the course of episodes, we'll kind of get into insight and off-topic. Like these little end bits here are just kind of you know more just we're vibing and hanging out, talking about stuff going on. Um, James, do you have anything going on in the terms of games you're looking forward to? Or played um, anything new recently? Games I'm looking forward to. Well, I've been playing Overwatch 2 a bit. Oh, we, um, we could talk about that, because I played a little bit of that, too. Yeah. Um. So I I played Overwatch back in, like, 2017 to 2018. Um, mm -hmm. And I got really into it, and then I just kind of, like, burnt out of it. Um. So I didn't play it for a while. So I don't necessarily have the same, like... Uh, the, the amount of things that are new for me are different from pe for people who are different compared to people who have been playing the game like recently um i think it's generally i think it's pretty good um i like the change that they made where it's like i uh, only have one tank instead of two and they removed a lot of like the stuns and just the general like clutter and like lots of the, just the extra stuff that made the game like just inaccessible i imagine also like for people that watch the esports uh aspect of it like the overwatch league it's probably it probably looks a lot cleaner um and yeah i i th think like you know they, it's not like they completely reworked the game or anything you know i like the new additions um i'm a tank player so you know it's just tanks fun you know they do cool stuff they all got way over buffed um but yeah i think generally it's cool i'd recommend it if you're into that into that kind of stuff like it's a good it's a good bridge between like moba and fps where like you know if you want to if you want to play it like an FPS, there are characters for you. If you want to play it like a MOBA, there are characters for you. Um, and yeah, I just think it's overall... A, you know, it's always been a cool concept that I've been really interested in. Yeah, I've always liked Overwatch uh, since it came out. And then I've, I've played it on and off throughout the years. So I've seen a lot of the changes. Um, that game does rile up a deep bile hatred in me every time I play it. Yes. Sometimes, especially competitive. And it is this, like, I don't know, it's unlike any other game, the amount of rage I will feel when I play certain games. Um, I mean, I will say I play support primarily, which will answer that question, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Uh, I think support in Overwatch uh, can feel disheartening at times, to say the least. Uh, I, I did try playing some DPS and had more, a little more fun, to be honest. And tan I actually <laughs> yeah. like playing tank, too. Um but I always come back to support, and support can be uh, miserable. If because I, I do think part of that comes to that down to the fact that the carry potential on a support is way lower. If your DPS is doing awful and your tank is doing awful, there's only so much you can do as a support, mm -hmm. uh, and it becomes disheartening, you know. And th that's yeah. the I think ideally the most fun you could probably have playing Overwatch is with a full stack of friends like. Yeah, uh, definitely. Just, yeah, and then communicating and doing all that, but that's just, it's just so hard to do. And I do appreciate the fact that they made it five v five, not only in terms of how matches go, but now I can only ha I have to ask four friends to play the game, 
instead of yeah. finding like a whole squad of people. Because trying to find like five other people to play Overwatch with you, unless you're like in a group that does that, is really hard. Like I can at a minimum, I can at best maybe find like one other person to play a game like that with me at any yeah. given time. Um, and it's just like I I don't know if I want to. Overwatch is a game you need to plan your day around. You can't just mm-hmm. like if you're gonna hop on and play quick play, you're probably not gonna have fun is my opinion yeah. on that game, which is unfortunate, which is why I never end up playing it a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up like the whole getting four friends thing, because that actually gets me onto a slightly different topic where it's like um, uh, some games, uh, competitive games at least, will they'll lean very heavily towards either encouraging you to solo queue or encouraging you to queue with like a, a stack. Um, I know one, one thing that I really like about Apex Legends is that it's only you only need three players in a squad so you can just grab two friends and go and because of that the game very much does encourage you to trio queue um just the way that a lot of stuff about the rank system the way that games built um but games like overwatch like league of legends dota uh they lean more towards solo queue and i think it's it's a bit it's interesting the way that that choice works um a big part of it is like there's zero-sum games but i also think uh in, in video games in general uh, if you are the type of if if your game at any point requires you to literally to coordinate a play with somebody's point where you have to count down to do it, I think that 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 there is a certain degree of frustration that will always be there if you are if you are solo queuing. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah, and even if you're on mic with people, it's hit or miss. You could have the best game of your life. So pretty much what happens if you're playing competitive Overwatch, if you're on mic and you're in competitive and you're in solo queue, if you get the group that is like everyone's friendly you're on mics you're winning if you get that group the other team you'll see in the chat sometimes be like i hate my team blah blah blah, and they're all fighting each other sometimes you're on the you're all fighting each other team having the worst game of your life or you're on the friendly team having the best game of your life there's kind of no in between there are i i could probably count maybe maybe five times of playing overwatch for however many hours having an actual good match of like Man, that was close. Both teams being like, you know what? That was really close. I had fun. Like, it is so rare for that to happen. It's usually just a stomp, either way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, we, I, I, yeah. I think my favorite part is at the end of the game when it's always like insert role here diff, like you know DPS diff, tank diff, and it's like, <laughs> dude, you guys were arguing the whole game. I think it's a team diff. Yeah, team diff. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Um, it, it's a big mentality yeah. thing that game. Yeah. I think I think one cool thing that they've done though is they've given every role a little more more carry potential. Like you know, tanks do more damage. Um, the newest healer they released is actually pretty cool because she she can kind of do some DPS on her own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've I've played a little bit of support uh, recently as well. And I think I think a big thing that's really frustrating with the role is you have like the most perfect view of the game because naturally, like you're in the back, you literally like you don't have to turn around to see people. Like you know, there's always the classic you know the tank that you know they're going in they they're you know they're they're pushing forward they're messing people up and then like they look they turn around and it's like you know their team's getting flanked or something it's it's very easy to get tunnel visioned in overwatch because you don't have a mini map or anything Mm -hmm. um so like all the information you need to like either physically see with your eyes or you need to like uh essentially like infer what's going on um and so like you know obviously when you're when you're a support player you're seeing everything that's going on you're just seeing like utter chaos like nobody's playing in your line of sight um you know your tank's charged in and like used his ultimate 1v5 or something your your dps or or i, I don't know they're 1v1ing a healer and losing <laughs> yeah and like, then and then you see in chat chaos. regroup where bat like where's like need healing need healing now not yeah, to yeah, say yeah. that support players are like faultless um yeah. you could be sitting there being like okay well my dps is terrible my tank is terrible <laughs> And then you could be over here just like dying and being like, oops, that was my bad. I'm DPS, blah, blah, blah. Or I'm, I'm yeah. support. Like you also have to be good too. And like I, I've played with bad supports who play. I think the, the, the sh- sign of a bad support most of the time is someone just trying to play DPS support, like playing Moira mm-hmm. and then yeah, Moira. just using DPS. Oh man. Um, never um, using healing, never doing whatever. Um, God, I, I could talk about Moira all day. That, that character. Yeah. <sighs> carried me to diamond or whatever the hell when she came out um 
Yeah. Anyway, that's enough Overwatch talk for now. We've gone over yeah. time on the podcast. I've been Matt, aka Matt Fondude. You can find more of me and my exploits on Matt Fondude on YouTube, Twitter, uh, and Twitch. I'm going to be streaming Doki Doki. I almost said Panic again. Doki Doki Literature Club uh, tonight after this podcast. Well, it's not tonight for you. I'm going to be streaming that game <laughs> now. Um, watch the VOD when this goes up. It'll be up on YouTube, the VOD. Um, that's been a really fun run. You should definitely check it out. Um, it's been one of my most favorite run, uh, one of my most favorite games to have streamed, I think, that I've done. And, uh, this has been my co-host. Yeah, I've been James, uh, James04E on most social media and James04E on Instagram. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't have a, I don't have really a stream to plug, but I, I will be in my room playing video games tonight. All right. On the sign off, give me your best Chris Pratt impression. Uh, I'm Mario. <laughs> <laughs>